Good morning. Bonjour. Oh, look at that. I like that. Um, I've, been, I've been told that uh, you guys are smart, so I just discovered that. Uh, what, a, what a great time of worship. Uh, thank you, uh, the uh, Open Door uh, Worship Band, and thank you, Ruth, for the song. You know, this, uh, this morning is one of these days that uh, you wish... Uh, that, you know, people in my position who speak, you know, often that I wish that I, I had nothing to do, just sit down and stand up and worship uh, with all the great songs. Um, what a time of worship. Uh, thank you, Pastor Steve, uh, for the invitation and the church leadership. Um, you know, I always say that I have a, a brother in New London, and um, I was a little bit concerned because... Uh, uh, by the way, you guys have a very beautiful place, and I like the way that you're taking care of that place. Um, and I was a bit concerned. So why I am all the way down in Haiti, and uh, and these guys were here in New London uh, by the lake. And uh, I was a bit concerned because I know we are brothers, just with different mothers. Um, but I realized that uh, he just told me this morning that, so, you know, this is his blessing, the lake, uh, but I have other blessings, so... I'm happy to have more hair than him, and so it's it's good that we can we can share some of our blessings. Um, the Bible says that uh, uh, so whoever is faithful in small things, in the uh, book of uh, Luke uh, 10, uh, whoever is faithful in very little is also uh, faithful in much. In other words, God will trust you with bigger things, um, and this is a very important verse. Uh, for me, and um, and I want to use this this morning to let you know that uh, um, you've been taking good, you know, care of this place because I came here last year uh, to visit just to pray. Uh, there was no people here; it was just uh, a few of the staff and Pastor Steve, and we prayed over this place. And then now I come to see what you've done to this place. Um, so I feel like prophesy over you this morning, and I hope you believe in prophecy. Uh, you've been faithful to this small thing, and God is going to trust you with bigger things. Uh, bigger things because the gospel needs to be preached. And I'm saying all that. I'm not a prosperity preacher because I can't be a prosperity preacher because of where I came from. Uh, I live in Haiti. I'm a Haitian. Uh, my accents can tell you that. Uh, but one thing that I know uh, for a fact, um, I, I cannot preach prosperity, but I have to preach faith. Uh, because uh, in Haiti, when we say uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, give us our daily bread, it's literally that we have to depend on God for our daily bread. Um, because I read some facts this morning, and I'm, the, I'm not at the first service, but I'm not going to read them. Uh, but let me just say a few things about Haiti. Uh, uh, we have 65% of the population, they are under the age of uh, 25, no um, skills. Um, we have uh, 80% of the households in Haiti, uh, there's no father figure. Uh, they you know, single moms. Uh, it's a country where uh, most Haitians, uh, average people in Haiti, they live uh, under $2 per day. So the average uh, income in the households in Haiti is $760. Um, so when it comes to medical and education, all those things... Uh, they reserve for just a small group of people. Uh, it's tough there. Uh, but in the midst of the toughness, there's one thing that we have to proclaim, 
uh, is the gospel, and we have to do it by faith. So this morning, I'd like to speak with you, um, not preach. It's mostly my, my part of my story and what God is doing in Haiti because uh, Pastor Steve and I, we have a bond. You know, we, we're truly brothers. And so I can, he can come to my town anytime. He doesn't have to tell me. He can just show up. And, uh, and I can do the same thing with him. Uh, except I have to let him know what I'm coming because I'm not too comfortable with the weather. So he has to tell me if it's cold or not. Uh, um, so I know for a fact that I'll be coming back here one of these days, uh, hopefully to preach. But this morning I want to share some of my uh, stories. Uh, and the title of my uh, talk this morning is Moving Unto Your More or Moving or Move Unto Our More. Um, more of what? Um, and at an early age, because my dad was a troublemaker, and, and he used his troublemaking in the wrong way, uh, he uh, left my home when I was about 12 years old, and my dad ended up with 19 kids uh, with nine women. Uh, he was bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was really bad. Uh, as a result, so I have to find my own ways. Uh, my mother was mainly spent all the days in the marketplace to find, you know, uh, our daily bread. Uh, to be a single mom in a country like Haiti was very difficult. So therefore, me, as a young man, I was the oldest, so I, I was, in, I was on, uh, on the street. I would do whatever I want, whenever I want. And uh, so we don't have much entertainment back home. Um, we don't have 27 electricity. Uh, I see there's a lot of young folks here. There was no internet on my age. Um, we don't have a TV. Um, so all we can do is play soccer, but you don't have a soccer ball, so you use tennis ball, you use uh, grapefruit. Um, I, I don't know if you know what is it, but we use that to play. And then sometimes we'll even use, you know, empty uh, connection uh, you know where they put the connection milk. So if we find whatever we find, we just kick it. You know, play soccer. The other thing we had, um, there was no church in my actual neighborhood, so you have to walk quite a distance to go to church. So no vehicles, no transportation. So, but we had four voodoo priests in my community, and so they would always have voodoo services. So as a young kid, for entertainment, I'll just go there just to have fun. But each time I walk in a voodoo ceremony. There would be like three, four hundred people. Somebody, the voodoo priest would say, you know what, there's someone here, you know, this is not his place. He doesn't belong here. In other words, I would pretty much stop the whole ceremony uh, because I was there as a little boy. Uh, and that happened on several occasions. And I don't know for you, but whenever that I don't feel like environment, welcome to a place, I don't feel like going back there. So then I stopped going to those voodoo ceremonies because they would never welcome me. But one thing that I didn't know that I was still to move into my more. And then so now I start going to church. The church will welcome me. And then a few uh, young men in my community, they start going to houses, I mean homes, you know, in the communities to pray for people. And because I like to speak, so they would always ask me to give the message. And most of the time I didn't know what I was saying, but I was always the one preaching. Um, I don't know how many people that I, you know, said the other way instead of, to Christ, but I, I mean, I, I, I preach, I preach, you know, like crazy. And my preaching thing, you know, I was very young, 14 and 15, 16, and I discovered that my aunt, she was very, she was a poor lady with 10 children, um, just like my mother. 
and, uh, and she lived in a very little home, you know, from, from the popkin to here. That was her home, the size of her home, uh, with 10 kids. But she belonged to a voodoo uh, group, and twice a year they have to come to her home, uh, and she has to take care of them, feed them all. But she has, she has the money. And um, God gave me a heart for justice, so I was very troubled by that idea. And I wanted to kill the voodoo priest, but I didn't have a gun at that time. And, and uh, so I have to find a way to release my, my aunt from that, you know, the position she was. So I started sharing the gospel with her. I started with a small Bible study, trying to teach her how to read and write because she didn't know how to read and write. By the way, 50% of the Haitians are illiterate. Um, and then to that Bible study, it grew. You know, we had about 70 people. And then I didn't know that I had, a, I had a, you know, God sell me for something that I need to move on to my more. Somebody give me a Bible. And that Bible, they give me a passage. It was Isaiah 58. So for me, my more was that Bible study. So I keep doing that with all my heart. You know, sharing the gospel. More people coming to know Christ. Serving people in my community. And then, I don't know how God managed to do that. So I moved to Boston. So for me, now Boston was my more. It was uh, January 23rd, I believe. You know, I woke up and looked through the window. I was living in that, uh, the university campus. And the, the entire outside was white. Now, do my, I was told that the United States of America was a country for white people. So when I looked through that window, so for me, it was, that was your color. And uh, so somebody has to explain to me that was snow. But... But snow or not, that was my more because from the poverty of Haiti, where you have no electricity, no drinking water, no, you know, life was rough. So Boston was my more. And then God kept telling me that uh, you need to move on to your more. So I moved to Atlanta and became a youth pastor at a church. And then uh, a year later, I became associate pastor at a large Haitian church. So now that was my more because on Sunday morning, I have to wear my suit, my tie. It was a nice place. So that was my more. But God kept knocking in my head and my heart that you need to move toward, toward your more. And I don't know what I'm talking here. What, what is your more? But, but I'm sure that God is throwing something in your heart. And uh, justice is doing with this shirt that you guys, I mean, I'm mean, heading toward your more. And it was that call every day. So then I was called to go pastor a church in, in Florida, a Haitian church. Now, one thing that I do whenever that I walk into a community, I always try to identify the leaders, especially the spiritual leaders in that community. So I went and met with all the pastors, and one of them was a, a pastor with a very large ministry. His campus was about 25 or $30 million, and he was showing me around. He was an old man, 71 years old. Did I say old man? I mean, he was a mature man. Um, <laughs> It was a mature man, and, and um, um, 71 years old, and I'm sure Fred has an idea what I'm talking about. Um, he's 71 years old, and he was showing me around and prophesied over me. He said, man, young man, God going to do more through you, and I see, you know, that you're a guy that God going to use to raise your, your, your people. And then he gave me four books, because he was also an author. And those four books, he also put in one of the books, Isaiah 58, the same chapter that I received when I was about 16 years old, Isaiah 58. But I thought for me, my more was now I'm a senior pastor of a church, this is it, 
for me. But God keep telling me that I need to move to, uh, to my mall. The church grew. You know, it was a very nice building with, you know, I can play basketball indoor, uh, even in Florida. And it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't by the lake, by the way. Uh, I had to t- t- drive three hours, I mean three miles to go to the beach, but it was the idea spot for me. My wife to make me happy, to make, to make sure that because I keep telling her that God wants me to move to my moor, so she wants me to settle into my moor, which is Florida. So she bought me a very nice car. I didn't know how she managed to pay for it. So when I'm driving in Florida, I can see the sky and good weather, nice place. But God kept knocking on my door that I need to move onto, onto my moor. And in the conversation I had with Pastor Steve this morning, that he mentioned that I didn't see that coming, that your more is that you always want more of God. And my definition of more is, is that you know that you are where God wants you to be. You know that for a fact this is what you're doing, the way that you give, the way that you see people, the way that you serve, that you are in the will of God. Because the will of God is very important. And to make a long story short, that I met with a group of people, you know, included the uh, VQs here, which is the president of our board, and they had a crazy idea about Haiti, and that the God needs to raise godly leaders of integrity. And Isaiah 61 was a key verses, you know, verses 1 to 4. But when you do a comparison between those two verses, or the two chapters, what you find, in Isaiah 61, it is Jesus who speaking. He said, the Spirit of God is upon me. Because he actually called me, anointed me to be in God's will, to release, you know, those who are in poverty, to uh, set the captives free, uh, to heal the brokenhearted. And as a result of his work, that they can go and rebuild their communities, their nations. Uh, it was Jesus speaking about, you know, the calling that God has on his heart. And just like you, the fact that you met Christ and uh, I'm sure you become a better husband because you are in a relationship with Christ. I'm sure that uh, the spirit of generosity lives in you because you know Christ. And you're moving into your more because that you're walking with Christ. So that, in Isaiah 61, this is what it's all about. But Isaiah 58, it's the same message, but in this case, it's you doing the work. It says that it's about fasting when you pray. Uh, by the way, once a month, uh, our ministry down in Haiti, we take the day and we just fast. You know, with the board members, the staff, the students, the church, we just fast. And uh, it's Isaiah 58 is a group of people that are going after God, a group of people that want more of God. But God said, you know what? <laughs> one way that you show that you need more of me, one way that you, you can show that you are really praying and fasting, this is what you have to do. You have to set the captives free. Don't take advantage of people. If you find somebody's naked, put clothes on that person. If you find somebody's sick, provide some form of medical help. If you find somebody's hungry, feed them. And if you do those things, then your children will build up. And then he says at the end that you can call upon me and I will answer. And I like the way that he signed Isaiah 58. He said, the Lord... This is what the Lord has said. Now, for many years, now I changed it, so you can check it out. You're not going to find anything. Isaiah 58 verse 14 was my password for everything. 
for everything. My bank account, my email address, you know, my secret notes for my wife and everything was Isaiah 58. Because I knew that this verses were actually, that verse actually spoke life to me. Moving into my more. Well, my more, I need to let you know that it's still stirring into my heart. God still communicated with me. But I know that my more is to do what I'm doing now, is to be in the country of Haiti to share the gospel with the uh, people there. And then honestly speaking, it is not a, difficult, it's not a very easy position to be, to be in a country like, like, like Haiti. It's very, it's very challenging. But this is my more. And this is my more because my more is we, did, uh, we, 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 we have a ministry that we take young men and young women who was involved in, in drugs and probably have fathers just like my dad with no sense of direction, who were in gangs and young women who were in prostitution. And we brought them to a place. We share the gospel with them. We share love with them. We show them God is a good father. And then we set them free. We help them with training. We help them get jobs. And then we provoke them to go and make an impact in their communities. And then when, that brings me lots of excitement, I mean, contentment because this is, this is my more. Now, we are doing all this thing with the, you know, with the youth and uh, trouble youth, uh, 16 to 24. Um, n- nothing like this youth, you know, this very, I like those kids. Um, they're quiet, they're sitting in church following. <laughs> my youth are trouble, and, and uh, especially my son, he's 15. Um, but because, you know, some of those young men and young women, they made some mistakes along the way, and sometimes, you know, they go out of culture and they did some thing that maybe you and I would not, maybe I would not do. Um, and uh, they, were not, they were not all bad, but they did some things that the country would not accept them for. For example, you know, some of the guys, they are pierced, and uh, some of them, they have tattoos. Um, I don't know if they do that here in America, but we do that back in Haiti. Uh, but guess what? If you have a tattoo in Haiti, 90 plus percent of churches will not welcome you because you don't look like them. So our young men and young women, they you know, accept Christ. They want to go back and change their communities. But there was one obstacle. The local church will not accept them. And as you know that you cannot do life by yourself. You need other people to do life. So about 40 of us, and we came with a crazy idea, 40 of the students, and myself, Suzette, Ruth, and then we planted a church called Rendezvous Church. And for the last two years, God blessed this church big time, and now we have 1,400 people calling Rendezvous their local church. Yes, yes. Thank you. Amen. 1,400. And I need to let you know that my community where we had four voodoo priests, you know, were doing voodoo ceremonies, but each time I would go for entertainment, they would let me know that this is not my space. Those four voodoo priests, one passed away, sadly, but the other three, they are now Christ followers. And 90, 99% of the people in my community now, they are following Jesus Christ because I take a step of faith. There's one thing that you need to know. I was still, I mean, I, I, I've been still for a purpose. God was calling me into my more. And I'm glad that I made a step of faith because, listen to me, when it comes to understanding, you can wait. But when it comes to obedience, you cannot wait. Understanding can wait, 
But obedience cannot wait. I believe there are three group of people that God can use to move into their more. And hopefully that you're one of them. And three group of people. The first group of people that God will call him to move into their more, we call them God works with people who care for people. All those songs show that how much God cares for us. The way that Ruth, that song, show that, you know, God actually, you know, create the pathway that we can see people the way that he sees people. So God will work, God will make people who love, who care for people to move onto their more. And our ministry is all about people. We will do anything in our power to show somebody that Christ loved them. And the best way they can see that is through us. So God works with people who care for people. The second group of people that God will make you move on to your more, God works with people who have a whatever it takes attitude. Have you ever asked yourself a question in the book of Luke chapter 5 that Jesus went and there were two boats and Jesus managed to get into Peter's boat because he was a crazy man. He was a guy that who will do whatever it takes. He will go to do God's will. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible said that Peter understand that whenever that God blessed you, move you into your more, become bigger responsibility. So he left everything so he could move onto his more. And I'm glad that he did. Because the Bible said in the book of Acts, when he preached the first sermon, 3,000 people came to know, to know the Lord. So Peter has a choice either to stay with that boat or to move onto his more so more people will come to know Christ. You cannot play safe with God. Or you cannot play the safe with God. Because if I had a choice in life, which I don't, my only choice is to follow Christ, I would not be back in Haiti. Haiti is tough. The road is not like here. Electricity, you got charged for it, and they don't give it to you. If they see you people like me, you wear a jacket, they think you import it, so what they'll do, they'll charge you for everybody else in the community, and then they don't give you electricity. I'm paying... $129 for our I mean, internet down there so I could communicate with guys like Pastor Steve when I'm in trouble to say, hey, Pastor Steve, why you don't pray for me? If I'm lucky, I can do an email or probably a few texts. I cannot watch a video on my internet and I'm paying $129. Some of you, you'll take your gun and go visit that company. But Haiti is the norm. In Haiti, you cannot just stay in your bed and order pizza. You cannot drive to your Starbucks to order coffee. You can't do that in Haiti. But God will work with people who have a whatever it takes attitude. He calls me to go to be there, and this is my calling. This is my more. And there's nothing else that brings me more of happiness to be in God's will. Number three, God works with people who have a sense of purpose. What is your purpose in life? I didn't say that in a first service because I understand the audience's first one, they, they, were, they were more mature. So I can say that to you. When I say mature with age, um, they were older, okay? Um, I hope it's okay to say that. If I ask you what is your purpose in life, would you say home? What else? You live in it for, you know, in my parents' years, you probably live in it for 20, 30 years and then retired, but nowadays you change it every two years or every five years. A car, 
what are you going to do with it? Drive it? And then after you drive it, what are you going to do? Or trade it to do what? To buy another car? If I asked you what is your purpose in life, would you say it's work? A home? Uh, it's uh, retirement? Um, probably a career? I don't know. If I asked you, what would you say? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the people that actually feel sense of fulfillment is those who actually move into the more. And the more is when they live, they work with people, God works with people who have a sense of purpose. What is your purpose? One thing I always tell people that I said, if I was Bill Gates, I would wake up and do exactly what I'm doing every day. If I were Bill Gates. What a statement, if I, were, if I was Bill Gates. Well, but you know what? I'm not Bill Gates. And I still wake up and do what I call to do. Except I invited, you know, people like Pastor Steve and friends like you to be part of what we're doing. I don't know what you heard about the country of Haiti, but God is up to something. It's up. It's up to something big. And what is up to what, what is up to is He wants people to come to know Him. And anything we can do, anything with ability, we will give everything. To preach the gospel because we know this is the only way, this only way out. The gospel being preached. People are learning about Christ. And you are part of that. You're helping me to do that. Uh, I, I love to preach. There's no reason to, to I mean to apologize about that. I, I love to do that. But I know that, you know, when you actually at your home, you don't sometimes you don't have to invite yourself. To say, you know, can I get in? No, I know I can come here anytime because, because this, is my, this is my house. So this is what I'm going to say. Ask yourself this question. What is God's purpose for me? What does he really want me to do? Do I really see people with the same eyes that he sees people? Do I see my position with the same eyes that he sees my position? Do I really see money with the same eyes that he sees money? I'm sitting here in this church. Do I see this church the same way that God sees this church? And when can you can answer this question, you'll be ready to move into your more. And maybe just like me, it may look crazy, but there'll be a lot of excitement of telling people that now you are into your more. I love you, and thank you again for listening to my story. May God bless you.